Last Sunday we spoke about being hungry for the things of the Lord and to be focused on the things that He's focused on, to make our goal His goal, or make His goal our goal, to make His priorities our priorities. And His priority and what He's patient about and what He is invested in is the salvation of the souls of mankind. To bring everyone into a family. That's his desire. And he's chosen his church to herald that message. To bring that good news to mankind. Now, interestingly, in the East, a lot of times the Lord uses dreams. Isn't that amazing? To reveal himself. Uh, But the church is his primary vehicle. He uses creation. And we looked at the fact that a woman who Jesus was not supposed to be hanging out with legally was at a well and he revealed himself. And she, she got it. Right? And she went out immediately and told the people that she knew in the town that she had encountered very possibly the Messiah, the promised Messiah. And it didn't bother her that she was Samaritan and that the Messiah was coming from the Jews. And it shouldn't bother us. Amen? You don't have to be Jewish to be a part of the true Israel. I'm going to let that soak just a minute and hopefully not distract you. But he revealed himself as the living water. Now, there was water, water, like this kind of water, but he was paralleling himself, his very self, to the fact that he was living water. So you had the physical water, but you had the spiritual water, the everlasting water, right? The water that cleanses and invigorates and brings salvation. And so she became a witness immediately without going to seminary. Which, you know, you hear me say, oh, John, you always say that. Well, you know what? We need to be reminded. <laughs> but today I want to talk a little bit more about that whole concept of uh, spiritual food. Of soul food, if you will. Um, heart food. You know, because we don't miss many meals. I look out and I don't see any indication that any of us have missed too many meals. <laughs> you know, perhaps we have, and, uh, but not too much. But we will neglect. How do I want to say it? We, I say we because I do it too. We get caught up in all the things. You know, that pull at us, you know, our careers, our children, or our spouses, or our, uh, you know, just longings, our desire for things. You know, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. They all fit in those categories. And we neglect sometimes feeding that eternal part of us. And I used to think it was really hokey to say spiritual food. 
but it's in the Bible. <laughs> so I had to quit thinking it was hokey, you know what I'm saying? This is like, you know, we're not gonna, we don't change the Bible to fit the way we feel about things. We change the way we feel about things according to the Scripture. Amen? And it's a transformation. It's a renewing of our minds. It's a, it's, it is repentance. It's changing the way we think. Amen? So, we're going to talk a little bit about the whole spiritual food, soul food, heart food kind of thing. <clears throat> I want to read again the first scripture that I read last Sunday because I didn't spend enough, I didn't feel like I spent enough time on it because it can be confusing uh, what Jesus is trying to say here. So I'm going to break it down just a little bit. And I, if you can visualize an old, I, I didn't get one, and I'm sorry, an old commode. Can, can you do that? No problem. Maybe an outhouse. An outhouse would do. A, a new commode would do, actually. But a commode, and I didn't um, make a slice little pr- slow, slow, slideshow presentation. I want you to listen to this. Now, what enters into the mouth, not what enters into the mouth, defiles the man. So, if it's alright if I pick this up, what, what I eat is not what defiles the man. Now, there are a lot of rules and regulations about foods. And so, the people that were listening to Jesus here understood what he was talking about when he said, not what enters into the mouth defiles the man. He was going to take this from Rules and regs to a spiritual encounter. Are you with me? That's really critical, I think. Important, at least. Not what enters into the mouth defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth defiles the man. And he wasn't about talking about, you know, blowing chunks or regurgitating or anything like that. Say indicate something about who we are and what's in the depths of our soul and heart. Heart and soul. So he's saying, quit worrying about that and be more aware of this. That what comes out of your mouth is what defiles you. You Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach, right? By way of swallowing, the esophagus goes down. And if you don't have too much hiatal hernia stuff, whatever, doc, it'll go on down in your stomach. And I used to tell my children, chew your food. Don't just let it pass by your teeth because your stomach doesn't have any teeth. It can't chew. And so everything has its, right? <clears throat> some of us take out our teeth and some but that's, oh, anyway, do you hear about the guy, the preacher, who lost his dentures in the baptizing hole? Yeah, he just tied a piece of fried chicken on a string, dropped it in there, and the, that wasn't in there, but I couldn't help but think of that. <laughs> Everything that goes into the stomach 
into the mouth, passes it through the stomach, and just saying, is eliminated. This is graphic. This is what he's saying here. It's like, look, it's gone. It's dung, if you will. But, watch this. But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Eventually, if you listen to somebody long enough, if they talk, and if you can stand their mouth, just saying, that's not very nice, was it? I wanted, I wanted to have a picture of somebody with a really big mouth, really open wide, you know, with all the little lines coming out. Are you with me? Or that thing from Peanuts. That tells a story. That tells about what's in here. So what do we need to be guarding? Do we need to be guarding what we eat? No, we need to be guarding our heart because out of the heart flow, out of the mouth, I'm sorry, flow the issues of the heart. So we need to be paying attention to not that saying a, a, a healthy diet is not good. I think a healthy diet is, is wonderful. It's very wise. Very wise. But what's critically important and eternally important and has eternal ramifications is our heart. How is our heart? And the spiritual disciplines are there to help us. And your spiritual disciplines may look a little different than mine. What feeds your soul may be a little different than what feeds mine. It's all basically the same, but there may be different little nuances about how God touches you, how he reaches you. Maybe yours is, you know, just turning on his radio or doing or listening to Corey Asbury or, you know, in the quiet of your bedroom or living room. Maybe it's being at a loud and boisterous concert where the leads are screaming and everything else. I don't know what yours is, but we need to pay attention to what those things are and engage in them. Are you with me? Yeah, I, I think it's important. And that's one reason we gather together as a corporate body. There are things, there are dynamics about it that feed our soul and that God has designed to do that. And some people like loud boisterous roll in the aisle churches. Some people like very regimented, kneel, stand, every whatever. All kinds of things. They're all kinds of things. But what feeds your soul is what's important. It's not always right and wrong. It's just sometimes very many times, more than often, just different. But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications. Out of the heart, these things come, yes. Murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Another, another rule. Now, is it good to wash your hands before you eat? Yeah. I mean, you know, so if we need to make it a religious act so that we'll have good hygiene, okay, I'm, uh, you know, I can go with, uh, go with that. But it's not what saves you. 
Amen? It takes care of your body. And that's good. God created your body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Right? I mean, these are important things. So I want to be careful not to just like throw things out and, and just totally poo-poo things. Uh-huh. Poo-poo. Just, anyway. Um, these are... So, yeah. So Luke 6... <laughs> Luke 6... Verse 45, this is in a uh, contemporary English version. Good people do good things because of the good in their hearts. Right? Not because of regulations, but because of the good in their hearts. And how does the good get in our hearts? Yeah. Yeah. It's Him present by the Holy Spirit. It's saying yes to God and being born again. And becoming a new creature. And then our hearts become good instead of evil. Are you with me? And so we nurture that. Good people do good things because of the good in their hearts. Bad people do bad things because of the evil in their hearts. So we can correct the external we can put chains on. We can put them in prison. We can do that. But until there is a heart change, nothing will ever really change. The heart. We all need to look at the behaviors, but past the behaviors and into the heart and do spiritual warfare for the heart and soul of people. We need to be praying deliverance over people, even if they're in another state. The authority is still just as powerful. Are you with me? Bad people do bad things because of the evil in their hearts. Your words show what is in your heart. So I want to continue. And I don't know how quickly. In John 6, 25, 22 through 25, New American Standard. The next day, the multitude, is the story, that stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other small boat there except one, and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples had gone away alone. There came, another, there came other small boats from Tiberias near to the place where they ate. And this is physical food. There came other small boats where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. I like that. After the Lord had given thanks. It's, uh, we're to take food with thanksgiving. And that sanctifies it. When the multitude therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the small boats and came to, to, to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side, and see, that's a, that's a good picture because they, they had the food there, but they realized that they really wanted to see Jesus. That, that's, that's important for us. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me. Watch this. Not because of the signs. Not because that you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So they really weren't. They were after the fish and chips. Right? They really weren't after the Lord. But we should be 
after the Lord. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. He's, he's painting that picture again. Which the Son of Man shall give you. For on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. In other words, God said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Remember when he was baptized by John the Baptist? And so, I just love this behind me because it just keeps reminding me of all of this. The story of the bread and the, the drink. They said, therefore, to him, what shall we do? <laughs> this is Joe's question. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him on whom he has sent. Believe in him who he has sent. Amen. They said, therefore, to him. So Jesus is getting that thing. He's getting. Okay, here's the physical that ends up in the toilet. Here's the spiritual, which ends up in eternal presence of the Lord. Yes. They said, for our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus, therefore, said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven. But it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Man, he's setting it up, isn't he? He's setting it up. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Gives life to the world. And they said, therefore, to him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am. Which is huge anyway, just the I am statement. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst, like the woman at the well. Amen. So you've got the you've got the you've got the the pictures, right? You've got the bread and the I mean, wow. And then moving on to verse forty seven. Truly, truly I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I love that. You know, let's, let's make it simple. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. <laughs> they died. As good as it was. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread. Is this not powerful? That came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. And the plot thickens. Amen? And here we go. The Jews, therefore, began to argue with one another. You know, they, they, they weren't cannibals, right? The Jews, therefore, began to argue with one another, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? See? Yeah. You know, they were thinking mouth, stomach, septic tank. Truly, truly. Okay, I lost my place. Thank you. Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. Oh my gosh, drinking blood. You know, not, that's a big no-no. Big, big no-no. 
You have no life in yourselves. This is a dilemma. This is a dilemma unless we understand that. He's not talking about this. He's talking about himself. He who eats, and how many times does he say this in this whole passage? It's amazing. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Wow. And I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Wow. Now that's getting down to soul food, y'all. That's soul food. I'm not talking about greens and cornbread. Amen? Big knuckles. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. Not as, and I'm not repeating. This is, this is, John shares it again. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate in the wilderness and died. He who eats this bread shall live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. See, he was revealing some stuff. Verse 60, many therefore of the disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, <laughs> I love that, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then, if you should behold the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits. Thank you. The words that I have... Just think, if we really believe this, if, if people could get a hold of this, you wouldn't have people looking in the mirror, especially girls looking in the mirror and thinking, and be skinny as a rail and thinking they're fat. You wouldn't be able to afraid, be afraid to go out in public if your face wasn't a certain whatever, meeting a certain criteria. It's the lie from the pit. Everything that the Lord makes is beautiful. Period. We as the church need to start treating people that way. And acting that way. Believing in ourselves. I mean, if the bar needs paint, you know, put a little paint on. But, just, I, heard that, I heard that one time and it's like, it's funny, but it's really sad in a way. Because it's not about that. We see each other no longer after the flesh, but after the spirit. Yeah, it's all in there. So anyway, so this is a difficult... (laughs) I'm going to read that uh, 63 again. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. When your heart quits beating, you're pretty much... Toast. And so, life, when it's beating, you have life. Okay, I'm going to read quite a few short scriptures. I'm estimating ten minutes. John 6, 66. <laughs> that wasn't done intentionally. Through 68. 
As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew. Oh, man. So, if we come to Christ, and it's not all that the evangelist promised, do we leave, or do we realize that Jesus is life? That honestly, if we partake of Him, just like we partake of food and water, except for our spiritual being, for our soul, then we must understand and believe that it's not... It's not promises that men make. It's the promises that God has made us. That we can stand on and count on. And he says things like, In this world you will have tribulation. But that's not what the evangelist told me. Don't listen to that evangelist. Listen to the Lord. He says, But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen? Yes. Amen. Yeah. Listen to that evangelist. <laughs> As a result, I don't see myself as an evangelist, but it, Tim, Paul did tell Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, which I thought was interesting because he was more of a teacher and a pastor. But Okay. As a result of this, means the disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Jesus said, therefore, to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? And I love this. Here we go. Simon Peter, back on track, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Who do you think? Who else is there going to be to follow? Who else would we leave our livelihood to, you know? You have the words of eternal life. And more than that, he is the life. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the way and the truth. Man, he's the door. Man. So Peter was getting it. You know, fish and chips or the bread of life. Right? The contrast and the comparison of physical food to spiritual nourishment has been a challenge for a long time. And it's been around in Deuteronomy. Just think about this. In Deuteronomy... 8, 2 through 3. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years. That he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and he let you be hungry and he fed you with manna which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, this kind of bread, but every word, Jesus is the word, living word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. He says everything, but other translations. That proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Is that not? And where did Jesus come from? He was the manna from heaven, right? The eternal. I mean, all these things tie. My words are spirit and life, he said. Matthew 4, 1 through 4. And Jesus was led, and I love this because he, he quotes Deuteronomy here, which is awesome. You know, Satan's quoting scripture. The scripture has no life without the spirit. I'm just saying. It, it's just words on a page until the spirit 
brings it to life for you. Amen? Is that okay? I know that may not be exactly your theology, but... If Satan can use the scripture against Jesus, then, you know, something's going on there. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. (laughs) That's a whole other concept. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And we're talking physically hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Right? But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. What are you eating? What am I eating? What are we partaking of? Only physical food? Atkins diet? Maybe, I don't know. We need to encourage each other to eat right. To eat regularly and healthily or healthier. Where's Kathy when I need her? Therefore, be careful how you walk, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. This is what we're doing. This is what we want to understand. That the spiritual food, the soul food, is critically important. And do not get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation or waste. It's a waste. It wastes your life away. Your life will dissipate. Whoosh! Like steam into the air. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Isn't that an interesting contrast? Let the Spirit take away your inhibitions because you're confident in who the Lord is. Not alcohol. That's the wrong spirits. Don't depend on that. Depend on the Lord. Speaking to one another. All right, here we go. This is, this is some spiritual discipline. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. No wonder we like praise and worship. Always giving thanks. This is a, this is a spiritual discipline. Be a thankful person. Always giving thanks for all the things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear that they're going to beat the mud out of you. No. In the fear of Christ, in reverent honor for the Lord and His body. Amen? These are things that we need to practice. And then he starts talking to wives and husbands, which is very interesting. Be wise and spend our time doing those things that nourish us spiritually. Be engaged in praise and worship. You may even have to close your eyes. You should try it. It's amazing. Because it shuts out this world. It helps shut it out and... In, in aligns us and engages us with this world. You can't see that on the tape. <laughs> anyway. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent. What's that? That's what's coming out of the mouth, right? You may approve 
and your action. The things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. When we're full of his righteousness in Christ, then what comes out, what shows to others, gives honor to the Father and he honors us. It's powerful. This is a total contrast to defilement because of a wicked heart. Is it making sense? I mean, is it? It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy good. I mean, I think. Anyway. Eat good stuff. Eat the good stuff, the eternal stuff. The good stuff will come out and show up. And so, do we eat right? Do we have the right kind of diet? Do we spend our time wisely? We have to belly up to the right table. We have to eat the right food. We have to eat regularly. Then burn those spiritual calories doing the things He has called us to do. Amen? I'm going to read that again. Because it blessed me. We have to belly up to the right table. We have to eat the right food. We have to eat regularly. Then burn those spiritual calories doing the things He has called us to do. Amen. Matthew 6.25 For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jump on down to 31 through 33. Do not be anxious then saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? With what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Amen. Amen. I think basically what the Lord is saying is, don't get it backwards. Don't get it turned around. Don't get it upside down. Let the things that are eternal be our goal. Hungry for what? Last week? For I did not want you, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4, For I did not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food. All ate the same spiritual food. And all drank the same spiritual drink. All drank the same spiritual Drink. I'm hoping you're thinking of bread of life and living water. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. That guy's been around a while. Same principle. Same principle. Wow. Heart food. Let's watch our diets. Heart food, soul food, spiritual food. Jesus, the living water, the bread of life. As we 
take time to partake of the elements, let's consider the power of the spiritual food. Worship team, would you come up? The power, the beauty, the truth of Jesus' bread of life, the living water. Let's invest where there is eternal reward and value. It's good for this earth and for the world to come. Amen? It's good. Let me pray with you. Father, we are grateful that you have led us to eternal life and that is found in your Son. Lord, as we partake of the elements, will you remind us as we ponder to remind us of the depth of your sacrifice on the cross, the fulfillment of your Passover meal. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who needs a touch from you, I pray that they would take advantage. I pray that you guys would take advantage of the opportunities for ministry that will be over here.